Greetings. Welcome to the Valenta 2.0 weekly podcast. I am Howard Baruxas, and I'm a partner with Valenta based in Miami, Florida. And my name is Jake Day. I'm a managing partner based in uh, Arkansas and then also cover uh, the Georgia Atlanta area as well. Thanks for joining me for another week, Jake. Great to be here with you. Um, Today, we're going to talk about the latest news or updates in terms of what's going on in the world of digital transformation. We follow a bunch of different companies that are on our radar, either for partners or companies that we're interested in. And we'd like to share what's new, again, with those companies, as well as with Valenta uh, this past week. Jake, you want to kick it off and tell us about interesting things that you've seen this past week? Sure, yeah. There were a few articles uh, that came out. Uh, One, uh, OpStack, uh, they had a, a blog post that came out. It's actually a guide. I think I talked last week about a guide they had put out. They put out another guide uh, this week. These guys are um, all on top of making sure uh, that folks are informed about uh, what they do and how to use their services. But this guide is about uh, in-store uh, fulfillment for omni-channel uh, e-commerce. Uh, it's about how you can incorporate uh, in-store fulfillment strategy. It, and it's specifically for direct to consumer brands uh, so that they can get an idea about how the, stri- the strategy can help you save costs, improve your fulfillment time, uh, and solve many of the uh, inventory and order management challenges uh, that are often faced uh, by retailers. Uh, so just to give our listeners uh, just the high level of what's in this guide, it's going to cover the basics of what store in-store fulfillment is, also how to implement uh, an in-store fulfillment system as well as some of the benefits of implementing uh, their in-store fulfillment um, uh, strategy and solution. Like for example, what its uh, impacts are on last mile delivery. Also your buy online, pick up in store strategy, which is really popular if you're a retailer today, uh, you almost have to have an online and a pick up in store strategy. And also uh, impacts on asset utilization, reduced expenses, of course, uh, network expansion, inventory movement, and of course, uh, also how it's going to help you uh, have happy customers and increase your profits. Uh, So definitely check out that guide. Uh, They've done a great job on putting it together. Uh, It's free. Uh, There'll be a link to it in the show notes. Uh, Also, they have another blog post out called the six ways to reduce uh, costs in e-commerce fulfillment logistics. They're going to talk about uh, inventory management as a way to reduce costs, also smart packaging techniques, a little bit about how to optimize shipping costs, uh, strategies for order returns. Of course, the the best strategy is for the order uh, not to have to be returned in the first place. Uh, So they have some ideas around making sure that on your websites, you have the right pictures and detailed product descriptions in order to make sure that customers know what they're getting before they click buy so that they don't accidentally click the wrong thing, something they didn't mean to buy, then they have to send it back and it ends up costing uh, your organization money. Uh, They also talk about smart automation, um, replacing some of the repetitive tasks, standard tasks that happens in fulfillment centers and also in a retail environment. And then lastly, they talk about workforce training. This is something that's commonly uh, neglected. It's a neglected factor uh, in a lot of retailers and fulfillment centers. And so they do a really good job of explaining about uh, how their solution can help with workforce training and cutting some of that cost 
uh, that's associated with an untrained workforce. UiPath also had a couple of, uh, had, a, had a really good article about art artificial intelligence is everywhere. And you know, when RPA is discussed, we automatically just think about robots and we think about automating a lot of rule-based tasks. But artificial intelligence and AI is complementary to, uh, to bots, to RPA. And so when RPA and IA work together, they expand automation into all sorts of new areas, uh, letting us to automate uh, more complex tasks. And some examples uh, for our listeners that they might think about when talking about not just automating, uh, automating standard tasks, but also incorporating artificial intelligence, things like claim processing, fraud detection, healthcare diagnosis, trading, uh, we, even stock trading. Uh, a bot and AI can get in there and they can manage your portfolio for you. I think there's some really exciting things uh, happening in that space that a lot of our listeners might be interested in. Also e-commerce sites, clinical trials, if you're in the medical field, these are all ways that you can combine uh, or have use cases where you combine AI and RPA together uh, to take care of some of the, those more complex um, processes. Uh, some other ways that AI is being used uh, is to discover where there are opportunities to automate in an organization. And this is where we're getting into a little bit of the process mining discussion and the process mining technology, which I think is really exciting. I'm recommending it more and more to our clients. One of our clients, they don't exactly know where to start uh, when it comes to process mining. Well, you can use artificial intelligence. You can take some data right out of your transactional logs in your system. You can put it into a piece of technology that UiPath, Automation Anywhere, several of our other vendors have. And it will actually show you and give you recommendations on whether your process is, um, is optimal for optimization or automation or not. And so uh, that's one way we can use um, uh, AI for, for process discovery. And then also, when you're talking about a process that requires uh, taking information, especially off of unstructured uh, PDFs or documents, uh, this is where we have uh, document understanding, the ability for AI to read, extract, and transform data into a uh, usable uh, data uh, set. A component so that we can, so that the RPA bot can use it. And then also process uh, natural language as well, natural, natural, natural language processing. Um, AI can, this is where we're getting into the realm of chatbots uh, and the such and how sometimes maybe you're interacting with your customers or with your employees. Um, AI can understand what is being said and can oftentimes respond or can respond more times than not in the appropriate fashion. And then the last article, just to kind of build a little bit more off of the process mining discussion, uh, I picked up an article from the Harvard Business Review. And this is a little bit of an older article. It's from 2019. But the title of the article was What Process Mining Is and Why Companies Should Do It. And what this article addresses is two common problems when it comes to how automation occurs in a lot of businesses. One of those problems is that a lot of businesses and organizations, they don't really know what the current state of the process actually is. And the current state is really a prerequisite for us 
in order to automate, in order to understand whether a process is ripe, is optimal uh, for automation. And so the issues that you have here is sometimes organizations, they, they don't even have process maps at all, number one, right? That's number one problem. Or number two, they might have process maps, but these process maps were put together in what I'll call the old school way with sticky notes and through interviews. And really what you're getting there, you may be getting what the true current state process is, uh, but a lot of times you're getting a version of the process of what someone thinks it is, not what is actually going on. And this is the power of process mining uh, because process mining will be able to, uh, through tracking what is actually going on uh, in the system. It's gonna put together a clear picture of what is actually going on uh, in the process. The other general problem that we have uh, in process management and process mapping is the lack of connection between business processes and then how data from those activities actually get into a system where we can actually pull that data to analyze, right? So if you have a process that is 100% done and managed in a computer, right? It's pretty easy. You have data logs for every keystroke uh, that occurs on your computer. Uh, that's not the issue that we're talking about here. What we're talking about here is where the process maybe happens partially on a computer, but also maybe happens partially away from the computer as well. Um, so the article is going to address these two, uh, these two challenges. In that instance, one of the things that I would say is, this is where it has to be a hybrid approach. I don't want anybody to think that process mining is the silver bullet that helps us do, it solves 100% of the process discovery and tells us exactly what we need to automate and not. But I think it is a very powerful tool that when it is combined with uh, traditional process mapping for those activities that take place outside of the computer, outside of digits, uh, it can form a really holistic picture, a really powerful picture of where automation should take place and where it should not. And the last thing that I'll mention as well, in terms of tasks and activities that take place outside of a computer, this is where some of that process consulting piece comes into play. And what we can do is we can understand, we can analyze the process and put in checkpoints, if you will, for where tasks that occur maybe outside of digits get recorded into metrics that can be can fill in the blanks actually for what process mining maybe has some gaps, uh, you know, maybe has some blind spots in. Uh, we can use process consulting to help close those gaps, create a holistic picture, and then give organizations a, a, a really powerful tool to not only understand what needs to be automated, but these process mapping, uh, process mining tools as well also uh, help to accelerate the ability to get automations up faster as well. Uh, so definitely encourage uh, everyone to check out, uh, it's like I said, an older article from Harvard Business Review, uh, but still very relevant for where we are today. So a little long-winded, Howard, but uh, that's kind of what I have for today. Oh, that's a lot of good stuff. And as far as process mining goes, I'll have to go back and read that article. Probably one of the best things I ever read on process mining was a white paper from UiPath. And they talked a bit about process mining, a bunch about task mining as well. But I mean, 
consistently the message was that it really unlocks uh, processes that can be automated because as, as as people we have blind spots we have biases we we can have the best of intentions and most times we do but we still don't necessarily understand where the bottlenecks are where the processes can be automated and that's really where process mining and task mining can help quite a bit so good stuff i'll have to go back and read that one in terms of some of the other stuff you mentioned, that uh, definitely the bots for shipping to make sure they ship the right stuff to cut down on the orders, and then the bots for trading. I think I could have used the bot for trading this past week with the, what the market's been doing. Would have been sell, sell, sell before uh, you know the recent downturn in the market. So I'll have to. We definitely could use bots in trading. Um, in terms of my updates for this week, in terms of what I saw, I was actually a bit. Uh, negligent this week. I got behind in my reading. I was working on a big proposal and uh, kind of got behind. I did spend some time today to um, work on a new curation uh, tool. So I think I'll be a bit better prepared for next week. But I did have a couple things I wanted to mention from UiPath. And boy, we're talking about them a lot today, but you know they're a great, great company and a lot of great solutions in the area of RPA. Um, one thing that I didn't catch that happened a couple of weeks ago was that they have a new CEO and they have a new CEO uh, called Robert Enslin, and he's actually a new co-CEO and he joins the UiPath founder, Daniel Dines, um, as co-CEOs. Um, Robert Enslin is uh, coming from Google Cloud, so I'm sure you know that's going to be great background uh, for them to have. And prior to Google Cloud, he was at SAP for 25 years. So that's some pretty good pedigree. And, you know, we think the world of UiPath and bringing in, you know, somebody like that, I'm sure will only help them out. Uh, the other thing that I had this week was in my preparation for some customer discussions, I was on the UiPath site and I was looking for some case studies for a specific client, uh, but I came across one that they'd done on Spotify that I had never seen before. And I love Spotify. I think it might be my one of my favorite apps I'm a pretty consistent user. I, Funny enough, I don't use Spotify for my podcasting, but I use it for all my music listening. But uh, I digress. In terms of the work that UiPath had done with Spotify, um, they were brought in by Spotify for as, a, as an automation vendor a year after Spotify got going with somebody else. And Spotify had selected a, a competitor of, of UiPath. They were happy with their competitor but they really wanted to go down the citizen developer path. So they did a switch to UiPath because of all of the tools that UiPath has in that area of citizen developers, et cetera. And I thought it was a very interesting case study from that perspective. Now, Spotify is a big company, so they've got more sophisticated users. Some of the SMB clients we use, we talk to, you know, they might not necessarily have citizen developers, but that kind of software suite really is such an easy way to start with a process and then really take it the rest of the way. I, I thought that was uh, super compelling. So for me, that's really the only two things that I wanted to share this week. Um, Jake, is there anything going on in your practice or within Valenta you want to share for the week? Yeah, I got a couple of things, but uh, just to circle back on uh, the citizen developer uh, comments that you made. Uh, citizen development uh, developer model is incredibly powerful because it puts the hands of the development into the users, right, of the process, of processes that otherwise IT may not have a high level of motivation uh, to help out with 
because it might not be something that, that's going to uh, benefit the whole company, uh, but it's going to have a lot of benefit actually to that department or to that user. And so there's a lot of UiPath has some really good uh, community uh, development tools out there that are free. Uh, they have a task capture tool and they also have a uh, uh, every, everyone who signs up for a community account gets access basically to a bot that can automate two processes. And so if any of our listeners are interested in learning how to download those tools where they are or how to set them up, how to use the task capture tool uh, from UiPath, how to do some of that basic automation. This is not advanced automation. I just want to make sure all of our listeners understand uh, this is uh, more standard. But definitely uh, shoot me an email and I will help you download those tools and get you started on them. In terms of what's uh, going on in my practice next week uh, is a big week uh, for me here in Bentonville, Arkansas. We're going to have a, a ribbon cutting with the Chamber of Commerce. And so really looking forward to joining the chamber. And I think we're going to be able to offer uh, Bentonville Chamber of Commerce a lot of value actually going forward. So that's all going to kick off. Uh, a week from this coming Thursday. So May the 19th is when we'll cut the ribbon and uh, uh, listeners can stay tuned. Uh, check out our website. We'll probably be doing a little bit of a press release and sharing some pictures as well. So it uh, should be fun. And then also uh, working with a team on a proposal as well for some automation in a company. Uh, this is actually a conglomerate and uh, it's uh, some automation to help in their, uh, the customer service complaints aspect of their company. So what ultimately ends up happening, a customer says, hey, I have a complaint about this product or this service. And just like happens in a lot of uh, companies, sometimes the complaint, the customer doesn't kind of, doesn't get kept up to date on the status of the, their complaint throughout the whole process. And that in itself, a lot of times causes customers to get unhappy, right? Because uh, they just don't know what's going on. And so what we've done is proposed a solution that actually combines uh, RPA, robotic process automation, and smart sheets of all things. We figured out a really clever solution that's going to keep customers um, in the know throughout the whole process uh, where on the status of the resolution of their complaint. Uh, we're really excited to see uh, what our client has to say about that. And so uh, that's what I've been working on this week. What about you, Howard? Uh, sounds good. Uh, you know, good stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm aware of what you're working on with that client. It definitely sounds very interesting. Um, from my perspective, I did want to share a couple of recent articles that Valenta published that I thought were pretty interesting. The first one was about a POC that we did with digital people to help in a healthcare customer, well, patient support environment. We did a POC with a company that we like called Soul Machines, and uh, we've had the POC for a couple months, but uh, we recently dropped an article talking about it and describing it. So I would encourage people in healthcare who are interested in digital people to interact with patients to check that, that one out. And there was also an RPA for a medical billing application that we published an article about this week as well. Um, that one actually was using UiPath in the background, but it's really a good ex explanation of how you can use RPA in a medical billing uh, environment. So that's what I had to share from the Valenta perspective. And uh, 
the the customer and practice type stuff can't really talk about it uh but uh good stuff going on there but uh, maybe i'll be talking about that soon so yeah. jake anything else you want to share for this week or do we have a wrap for uh this week's digital 2.0 weekly yeah i think that's a wrap for this week uh all right forward to, to what comes out next week okay well sounds good we will be talking to you next week thank you everybody for joining us we'll be back next week to talk to you about the latest updates in the world of digital transformation. Take care. Thank you.